I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Penham here as always. And of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a little bit of a match preview. Of course, we're back with another one. Villa play Forest at Villa Park on Saturday. So I guess tomorrow when everyone is hearing this. So hopefully you're having a fantastic Friday or if you're listening to this right before the match, a fantastic Saturday. If it's after that, I'd be slightly concerned with your timing on things. But regardless, we do appreciate the listeners support Anyways, of course, we are joined by Mr. Tom Nightingale and Sebastian Bacon as well. So we're just going to run through a little bit of our thoughts ahead uh, for us, maybe touch on a little bit of the Europa Conference League uh, action that's going on on this Thursday, of course, when we're recording, maybe give our little predictions or hopes in terms of who Villa play, because of course that draw will be coming out on the Friday, a few hours after this drops as well, of course. But nonetheless, Tom, we'll come to you first. How's it going with you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, not too bad at all. It feels like it's while I haven't I've done a preview pod in ages. I don't know when the last time was. So uh weird to be looking forward instead of looking back. But yeah, I mean big chance, right? Big chance um tomorrow to capitalize um on what uh, I thought at least was a really good away performance at Fulham. Um it suddenly feels like ages since we I realized it felt like ages since we've won at home. And I looked it up and it is nearly, I think it's nearly two months since Villa won at home. Um, things have gone rather downhill um, in front of our own fans recently. So it's a, it feels like a really big opportunity to get back on track. Absolutely. And Seb, how's it going for you? I, I, you're Mr. Consistent lately. You've actually been on quite often. So gold star to you. Yeah, maybe maybe try not to sound too surprised. <laughs> um, but yes, no, it's, it's nice to be back again. Um, a little bit of free time and... I always like seeing your pretty faces on my screen. Um, maybe because Simon's not here. Uh, but yeah, no, I, you mentioned you mentioned two ho- two months without a home win. Um, I think it is only three games, so maybe it's not as bad as it as it maybe sounds. But yes, it would be it'd be good to get on the right track and hopefully kickstart the last part of the season where we can put that sort of winter bleak behind us and and carry on our charge to the top four. Well, a quick note here that's not related to this. Um, It's probably a good thing Simon is not here because I just noticed the top you're wearing, Seb. And I'm not going to say what team it is, but it's because he's coaching there and helping out with the setup um, with the uh, female side of the youth development. But regardless of that, um, hopefully if Simon's listening to this and he's off the morphine from post-surgery or whatever he's on, I hope you're doing well, Simon. And you're probably good not to see this. Yes. Uh, Regardless of that, I I, I did notice that. And as my eyes do get a little bit older each and every day, I just squint and I just noticed that. So regardless of that, moving on quickly, because just in case some people are curious, we're not going to throw that one out of the bag. Like I said, of course, Phil are playing Forest on Saturday. And when you look back at Forest's history this season, Tom, it's 
obviously not been very good. Of course, they've been in with a little bit of bother with uh, FFP and stuff like that too. Uh, sitting just above the relegation zone, I think on four or five points ahead of one of the, I think Everton, I think it was on 19 perhaps uh, last time I looked. I mean, it's still odd to play for for them. Very different kind of point of the season for them. But where do you sit looking at this one? Because I felt like when we went into the last game against Forest away at home at the city ground, I feel like particularly you, if I remember correctly, we're going in with a little bit of kind of, I don't want to say fear, but um, you're a little bit hesitant kind of going into that game. You had a little bit of a feeling it might not go so well. And of course, Villa did lose on that day. So how are you feeling about this one? Yeah, I don't know. Like they're just a, a, a team I just don't really enjoy us playing since they've come up and I think you know I'd have much rather been facing Forest at home a few weeks ago because I do think they are significantly better um under Nuno I'm not entirely sure what their record is um under Nuno but I mean they've beaten they beat Man United didn't they um and uh beat West Ham last week and I think the thing I was you know I was I was having a quick flick through and the thing from watching them and from looking back at their results is they're they seem like one of these annoying teams at the moment who hang around in every game that they're in. Like even when they've lost, they've lost by they've lost by the odd goal. Um, home to Arsenal, they lost by the odd goal. Home to Newcastle, they lost three two. Um, so I think it will be a bit tricky, but I'll give you some cut. I'll give you some the kind of cutting edge analysis that Holtcast listeners come to this podcast for. I think if Villa play well and we can break them down, we'll win. So uh, that's the end of that's the end of this week's podcast. Um, but, you know, I think we've got it. We've really, you know, we should win. And I think particularly after the confidence boost of winning at Fulham, where I thought we were we were, we were very good, um, despite the ridiculous, like the mounting injury list. How Torres back in defence is utterly transformative for the way that we play. Um, so I think there's enough positive last week that we should be, we should be riding pretty high going into this one. So, um I, I, I think it's just it's on us not to stumble isn't it really yeah absolutely and just to correct myself as well Luton are in 18th on 20 points Everton are on 20 points as well uh four sit four points just above both of those in 16th so just a correction there because I know some people are very picky in terms of um when people put things out on content wise whether it be podcast social media whatever and if you don't have it 100% right they get crucified so there's no crucifixion for me on that one but Seb I mean, like I said before, looking at the recent results, it's been very up and down. They have been scoring goals, but they just cannot seem to keep it out of their net. So I guess in regards to how Villa played against Fulham and now looking ahead to Forest, are you expecting to see basically the same lineup lineup, or could you see maybe a few tweaks? What are you seeing? Yeah, um, again, we did look good. I feel like I say this most weeks now, but I, I didn't watch in case anyone of any legal authority is is wondering um since you can't get access to it over here in the uk um but also i've t- been told that we were very good um yeah i i'd imagine the same sort of lineup um tim obviously came on which was really good i think he held out the game really well and he showed a bit of composure in the last few minutes i think that might be a nice little transition that we have is bringing tim on if we're holding on to something to maybe solidify that towards the latter stages of games. Um, yeah, we haven't heard much on concert, so I don't think that he'll be in the frame at all. Again, Tom mentioned it really well. Um, 
the difference between a Villa team with and without Pau Torres is is night and day. So I'd imagine he'd. I think it probably will be the same lineup actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be expecting too much of a different one. But Tom, I'll swing this one back to you for just a moment. I mean, we looked at in regards to McGinn dropping a little bit deeper. Of course, your Tillman's playing a little bit further up. I mean, it, it, it's obvious to know the impact that Pau Torres can make on this side. But do you think when you look at the Villa midfield in regards to how maybe they need to approach this forest side where, I mean, there's been a few games this season where they've been free scoring, but like I said, they also can't keep it out of their net. Do you think we have to be a little bit more kind of street smart with this side? Cause they are very physical. It's a little bit of a, not to be disrespectful for us, but they do play a bit of a, a messy style. It's a bit chaotic. They're just going to basically take what they can get. That's what at least it feels like from my perspective. But when you look at McGinn kind of sitting in that, I wouldn't say more of a, just a holding role, but sitting deeper than he usually does. I mean, he's going to have to be on top of his game, isn't he? He is. Yeah. I mean, he was somebody I was going to single out. I think he, um, he's going to have to, I think he might have to put, put the team on his back, which he does to be honest, almost literally sometimes with the way that he's, you know, spins, spins defenders with that, with that R stuck out. I think it's going to be a physical, it'll be a physical game for him. I think he'll, um, but he relishes that, doesn't he? Like, particularly this season, he loves, McGinn loves doing that kind of uh, dirty work in the midfield. And what I'd say is that um, I think there's a decent chance. One thing I really like about having Pau Torres back, uh, uh, you know, among among many things, but obviously the primary thing, I think, is his ability to play out from the back. And what I like about that is that in a situation like this, when we've lost our midfield anchor and that midfield screen for the defence, McGinn can sit back a little bit and do a bit more of the dirty work because you know that you've in in your in your actual defensive line you've got somebody who can pass the ball as well as anybody in our team. So genuinely, I feel like sometimes having Pau Torres at left centre back is like having another midfielder because he's just so adept at stepping forward out of the back line into space, and the way that he the way that he like arrows passes through into the midfield, often bypassing not only you know a pressing Forest midfielder, but it, it, it means that when we need to, we can actually, if McGinn is going to sit back, we can bypass McGinn and play the ball straight into, you know, Yuri Tielemann's feet, for example, and he can turn and go at them. So um, I wouldn't be, I wasn't a fan pre-Unai of anything, actually, but uh, pre-Unai, I wasn't a fan of when, you know, we, we saw a bit of McGinn dropping deeper and that sort of stuff. And like, he just felt wasted in that position. But I do think it's different these days with the way that we play under Unai and with having somebody like Pau Torres at the back. I don't actually think it has to limit McGinn's game that much or more importantly, I don't think it has to limit our game as a team because when you've got the ability to play out from the back like that and you've got three re- three really pretty dynamic midfielders in the form of McGinn, Louise and Tielemans, um, I would hope that we would dominate the midfield battle, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you would hope so. And I mean, I, I think this is one of those games as well where when you look at that midfield, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity to move the ball, but it's going to have to be very intricate as well. And there, like I said, there's going to be that physicality too. And I mean, Seb, you did a podcast earlier and I only found this out this morning when I woke up because I got notified of it from the Holdcast pod account on uh, Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at Holdcast Pod. There's a cheeky plug for that if you're not following us on there as well with the guys from the red side of the trend, which is a Forest fans podcast. What was kind of the insight or mindset that you were getting from them heading into this game as Forest fans facing Villa? Because I think that's probably an important point to touch on as well, because of course they're in the thick of it at the bottom. And as Villa fans, we know that. 
very well over the last decade or so. So can you give us any insight into that? Yeah, hundred um, percent. It it was nice to to speak to them. Um, obviously, they played a part in the charity match uh, last year, um, so it was nice to catch up. They were they were they were quite confident. Um, of course, beating us at home, they felt that structurally they set up really well. Uh, they managed to nullify our threats, which which they were saying is perhaps something they haven't been able to do much of this season. Um, and even when they came to Villa Park. Last season, when they lost 2-0, until our goal went in in the second half, you know, again, they managed to frustrate us quite well. Um, they were talking about their their flanks and how they're most dangerous down the wings. Um, and that Elanga, Morgan Gibbs-White, and I uh, forget his name. Who's their other winger? Help me out, guys. <laughs> um, H- uh, Hudson-Odoi, isn't it? Hudson-Odoi, that's the one. Yes, that was the one they highlighted as well, with Hudson-Odoi coming coming into some real form. Uh, they were hoping that they'd be able to get at our fullbacks of cash and either Dinho or Moreno, whoever goes in on that day. Um, they actually asked me what I would be most scared of, and I turned around and said set pieces. Um, I think they could pose a threat. I was saying how much I love um, their style of striker in a one year. Um, I really rate him. And with Gibbs White over set pieces, I thought that could be a real threat. But they sort of they laughed at me saying they haven't scored from a set piece in about <laughs> 92 games. So uh, typical Villa, I'd imagine they'll score from a corner within the first 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, no, all in all, they were saying as long as they they feel they can nullify us, which they have done on the last two occasions, um, they believe that they might come away with something. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Do you know what? Like, I don't, I, I don't mean this in a negative way from Villa, but I, I, there's no reason they shouldn't be confident. To be honest, they're playing pretty well. They're scoring goals, like we say. They're struggling to keep them out, but when you're scoring one, I, like they've scored two goals in a few games recently, I think. Um, so I can understand, like I can understand their confidence really. Um, and we are gonna have to be wary. I like, like I like, I like our, our new year as well. I like, uh, I think Morgan Gibbs White is really good. And Callum Hudson Odoi, apparently, I've just found out, has scored in three games in a row. So uh, that's uh, that's that's one to watch as well, I guess. But you're right; it's inevitable now, isn't it? Corner in, headed goal. <laughs> that's the other way. Should we be bringing in Hudson Odoi or Alengo and FPL? Then is that the thing that we need to decide at this rate? Because we're giving them a lot of credit. <laughs> I've already got a one year and Morgan Gibbs White. So 
Like, how, you, how are you doing this season? Well this season? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. And, and it is interesting when you say they've been scoring a lot of goals. And I mean, I've said that as well, Tom. And I was just kind of looking at their results. I'm pretty sure. And I mean, don't quote me based on how quickly I'm looking at this. But since the start of December, and they played quite a few games sent between now and then, I think it's uh, they've lost 1-0 to Everton. Um, let's see, a one-all draw with Wolves. And I think there was a a one-all draw with Bournemouth uh, where they've only scored one goal or less. Every other game since then has been two or more goals. So, I mean, they've there's a lot of two-twos, three-twos, and three-ones and stuff like that across their fixtures. So, like we've been saying, they are lethal in front of goal. They do know how to score goals. But it's going to be defensively where they're probably going to be more, I would say, lacking. And, I mean... Seb, it's obvious and it's easy to say it. We're just going to have to take our chances. And this is probably one of the perfect examples of that, isn't it? Yeah, and it's something that before our maybe, I don't want to say rot at home, because I feel like that would be a bit harsh. But before we started dropping points at home, that was something we were really good at. We were really clinical. We were taking our chances and we'd end up almost crucifying teams quite early on by scoring early and, and putting them to the sword and almost backing them into a corner with nowhere to go. So I feel if we get an early goal, then then the game's ours to lose. Um, but it's about how long they can keep us out for. If they manage to frustrate us, then quieten down the crowd, then, you know, we, we've seen it happen before. We know the script. They only need one chance and, and suddenly the game's turned on its head. Yeah, and I mean, Tom, even looking at the fixture list for the whole Premier League, of course, uh, Chelsea and Spurs aren't playing, so Spurs will have a game in hand. Uh, you look at, um, I guess you could say we're still in touching distance of Arsenal. They play Newcastle. Um, City played Bournemouth. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. United, of course, play Fulham. So I, it, it is a big weekend in terms of you look at, for example, United and how the wider kind of media kind of says they have an advantage, which I don't understand. But regardless of that, it's one of those weekends where you just have to win, isn't it? Because with other teams realistically looking like they are going to pick up three points, you would expect based on just quickly looking at the fixtures. It's just one of those no nonsense. Let's pick up three points and hopefully get out of this unscathed, isn't it? I think so. Cause you've got to, like, I think the, I think the, I was tempted to use the term like must win. I think the term must win is really, really overused in general, but I would say that you look ahead our fixture list like Luton away that is n- that's not going to be easy at all like it's a r- it's a really bad time to play Luton I think ne- uh, in in our, in our next game and then after that we've got whoever we get in you know in the conference league both legs with the massive Spurs home game sandwiched in between so things are you know things are start to get serious I think from well, I suppose pretty much from this point onwards, but certainly from, you know, in the next couple of weeks, things really start to get serious. And in terms of the aspirations that we all have as fans, you need to go into a period like that in the best form you can and with the best platform you can. And the only way that we can justifiably say that that's the case is if we beat Forest at home, really. I think that's about the long and short of it. Well, that too. And of course, I mean, not to look too far ahead, like you mentioned Luton as well. It's not going to be an easy game. They're playing very well, of course. They just kind of fell apart in the latter stages against Liverpool. Of course, they were winning at one point. And you sit back and you look at United playing City next week. I mean, that's massive for Villa in in two mindsets, of course. They're not still 
too I, I i expect city to keep pulling away but realistically we're not too far from them and also united aren't too far from us so it's one of those things about just kind of keeping that momentum up and keeping that distance and i i obviously the obvious thing to say is the closer we get to the end of the season in this position the more confident we can be but these are kind of the dog days of that the days to really determine where we can finish and if the top four is a really viable thing but before we wrap things up, because I don't want to make this too long of a preview pod. Traditionally, they never have been super, super long anyways. Like we have been mentioning, the Conference League playoffs uh, second legs have been going on. So that'll determine who makes it to the round of 16. And the draw, of course, is on Friday. I think that's at 1 p.m. UK time. Um, or I guess that would be, um, what, 8 a.m. Eastern Canadian time. If I'm doing my math correctly there, I hope I am, <laughs> regardless of that. And there's already been a number of teams that have gone through. Uh, you look at uh, Maccabi Haifa, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, that have went through on a 2-1 aggregate. Uh, just to go through the rest of them, it looks like uh, Sturm Graz will go through their 5-1 aggregate. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt could be out to Union SG. Olympiacos look like they're through. Molda are definitely through. Um, sorry to Legia Warsaw, but uh, you just need to buy some more mayo at this point. So at least <laughs> the mayo industry is doing very, very well. Uh, Servette beat Ludogratz 1-0 in aggregate. So they're through. Zagreb, Dynamo Zagreb sorry, are through. And of course, Ajax just made it through an extra time by the skin of their teeth as well. So I realized what... I realized what I just I realized what Legia Warsaw's like slogan should be, their TIFO should be. Welcome to Hellman's. <laughs> <laughs> you know have what? that one, have that one on the house. <laughs> that might just have to be the I, I don't know how this that relates to the uh, a forced preview, but maybe that is the uh, title. It's gotta be the one. title. Yes, welcome to, to Hellman's. I, that is absolutely brilliant, Tom. I think that's the best title we'll put out with a lot of people having absolutely no context behind it. But that is, that's the best thing I've ever said on one of these podcasts and one of the least relevant. <laughs> one of the, the least relevant. The bar is low. The bar is really low. Welcome to the Hulkcast. This is why I pay you in compliments, Tom. This is why I pay you in compliments. But nonetheless, of course, you look at those teams, I mean, that have quickly listed are you guys kind of preferring to play anybody? I mean, you get who you get, of course, but I, I mean, Olympiacos, Zagreb, Servet, Union SG, Sturmgraz, Molda Ajax, and uh, Maccabi Haifa. <laughs> Any of those? Yeah. Um, I I mean, I do this every single year with the FA Cup and the League Cup. While we're still in it, I look at teams that have gone out and I think, brilliant, big team out, great, big team out, brilliant. And then we'll go out ourselves. It's a... Oh, Okay, nothing to, <laughs> no reason to do that. Um, but in terms of looking for teams, um, I mean, for me, really, as long as there's there's a few teams with an allocation big enough where I think I'll be able to go. So that's really the only sort of thing that I'm, from a very selfish standpoint, I'd love Ajax because I think I'll probably get a ticket for that one because um, the allocation will be big enough. But yeah, no, I think I think we're in that stage now where we've just got a, when's the draw? Tomorrow? Tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, we've we've just got to take who we get and and keep progressing by any means, really. Absolutely, and just for context, again, if people kind of missed what I said earlier, when we say tomorrow, we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, you'll hear this on the Friday, so of course the draw is today. I mean, Tom, any of those names kind of speak more loudly than others to you? It's difficult because all I can see, you know, looking down, I can't, I can't help it, but looking down at the at the result, like the scores today, and who's going through, I can just, I just keep thinking, tough place to go, tough place to go. 
tough place to go. <laughs> um, so I guess like from a, as, as somebody who doesn't have a skin in the game in terms of like actually go into the game, um, I, I guess you want as, as soft an away trip as you can have really. Um, cause there are some really difficult ones. I think like Ajax, I know they have, Ajax haven't been great this year, but it's not, not going to be an easy place to go. Is it Olympiacos? Like, um, the one thing I will say though, Z- um, Zagreb went through as well, didn't they? So that'd be, um, I mean, it'd be a great away day for people, but uh, tough place to go. Um, but the thing about Olympia, if we got Olympiakos, one thing I will say is that it'd be a nice preview because uh, the finals in Athens, isn't it? So yes. we could it'd be nice to get used to winning in Athens, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> earlier in the competition, and then go from there. Um, but I mean, I don't like, I don't, I don't know really. All I can really say is looking at that list of teams. Um, I think you just have to have confidence that as long as we play up to Unai's standards, we can beat anyone um, in that last 16 bracket. I think, I don't think, I certainly don't think Villa should fear going to any of these teams or, you know, welcoming any of these these teams to Villa Park. Um, So I guess we'll just see who we get. How's that for a a useless answer? Well, I'll sit on the fence and see how it feels (laughs) regardless of that. I mean, Union Union SG, sorry, just scored again. So it looks like they're definitely advancing past Frankfurt at this point, which is probably one of the biggest stunners of this playoff round. I mean, just quickly myself, I would, part of me would love the Ajax one, but I mean, when you wedge Spurs in the middle of that, I don't know how tasty that looks, but I mean, to knock one of the quote unquote bigger boys out right away and have the potential to do that would be very nice. Three wins in a row out of those three would be absolutely lovely. Would that happen? I don't know. Um, but I mean, you're both right. You you take who you take and you, and you deal with it accordingly. And I mean, with Unai Emery at the helm, I think you just have to be confident and know that he has the ability to, and not sound arrogant at least to say this, but he has the ability to out-coach any of them. And and that's just my opinion, of course. Maybe I don't want Mulder because they are putting Legio Warsaw to the sword, and we did struggle with them a little bit here and there, and that does concern me a little bit. And wouldn't that be ironic, the team that beats the Mayo boys beats us as well. So I'd rather not be grouped in with them. But now that I've said that, it probably will happen. But... Regardless of that, we will see what happens on the weekend, of course, and on the draw. Um, I guess when everyone's hearing this today on the Friday. So we'll leave things at that. Uh, a nice, quick, cheap, and cheerful one. I don't know why it's cheap, but regardless, I'll throw that in there too. And yeah, we'll wrap things up there. Thank you very much to Tom Nightingale and Sebastian Bacon for joining me. Find Tom on X slash Twitter at TD Nightingale. You can find Seb on there as well at Sebastian Bacon 8. Find me, Cole Pedham, on there as well at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet the team at Holtcast Pod. And I keep forgetting to add this, and I've done this for years now, but for some reason last month, I forget to keep promoting it. If you have anything you want to email in, it's Holtcast at gmail.com. Like I said, we'll leave it there. We should be back on the Monday with a post-match reaction pod. Of course, post-forest. Again, up the villa. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.